What's up, everybody? Today, we talk about the three ways to sell your stuff, why my son Ben is over 35000 on catching neighborhood rabbits, and how a magnet can actually be the worst thing for your business. My name is Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast. Let's get started. I heard a training by a guy named Taki Moore. If you love, if you don't know Taki, you should look him up. Join his email list. He's a great guy, really smart guy, great training, great emails, really sharp dude. He's helped my business a ton. Awesome guy. So he was talking about magnets. And I've heard in the industry, there's obviously a lot of people use the word lead magnet, like something that can attract people to your business and they'll give you their email address and become a lead in your system. I've also heard the term read magnet, which I heard from Josh and Jill Stanton over at Screw the 9 to 5. And a read magnet is a piece of content you put out there that people want to read and engage with. Then you invite them to join your email list, uh, et cetera. So there's all this talk about magnets and attracting people and attracting people. But what Taki brought up is the thing about magnets. Now, magnets only attract if there is, there's two poles, right? Uh, I think it's the North and South pole or whatever. And if the poles are opposite, they attract. Like that's kind of where the saying comes from, right? Opposites attract. But if the poles are the exact same, you can't try to connect the magnets. They repel each other. They slip, they miss. And I've seen, I've seen people like that in business that they start to attract people in, they bring people in and right before they make contact, they just miss. It could be like a bad deal or not for me or a bad sales pitch or something goes wrong, right? Like something slips and misses. And that's the thing about magnets is they can attract or they can repel. And so on this episode today, I want to chat with you about three different ways that you can try to bring people into your business, into your world, sell them your stuff and get them a great result. Let's check it out. In our neighborhood here in Colorado Springs, there are so many uh, bunnies. There's these rabbits everywhere. They're, uh, the thing about bunnies is they, uh, they tend to multiply, right? So they're everywhere. Uh, people that visit from out of town, family, friends, whatever, they just comment uh, how many rabbits there are everywhere in our neighborhood and probably in this part of town. I don't know why, but there's tons. There's, there's bunnies under my patio. There's bunnies in, under all the bushes. And every time we walk our dog, who's a greyhound, who used to get paid to chase bunnies you know, for a living. I don't think the dogs get paid. I think the owners do. But anyways, uh, there's just bunnies everywhere. And you're probably thinking, uh, dude, you're talking about rabbits. Yes, I'm talking about rabbits, but I've got little kids. And so for the next five years, I'm going to call them bunnies. Got it? Uh, so they're everywhere. And my kids love to try to catch them. And uh, I heard a funny saying. It kind of stuck with me, especially watching my kids go after bunnies, is you can't chase two rabbits. Like you have to pick one and you have to go after it. So that's point number one. Second, uh, my kids aren't very good at catching bunnies or rabbits. Uh, they're not very good at it. They chase them and they run around all frantic and they wait till they're maybe within 10 or 15 feet and then they sprint at them. Uh, a few nights ago, we were walking our dog in our neighborhood as a family, which is a great summer habit that we've gotten into, which is amazing. And we were coming back from checking the mail and playing at the park. And we were in this cul-de-sac, this you know street where there's, uh, <laughs> there's always rabbits within eyesight. Like you just kind of glance around and you see multiple ones. And there was a really cute one. And so uh, it was like a really tiny one. And my wife and I said to Ben, our youngest kid, we said, hey, 
go try to grab that one. And we were just joking. We knew he wouldn't catch it. He's 0 for 35,000 of catching rabbits when he chases them. And Ben is this awesome kid. He's really muscular. He's super tall for his age. He's got no front teeth and the bottom teeth are kind of growing in. And he spikes his hair in a mohawk. Uh, he does his own hair multiple times a day. He's at that age. He dresses himself. He likes to wear crazy socks. He likes to, he went to a church camp uh, thing and got the free t-shirt from church camp. And right when it was over, he cut the sleeves off of it. So he's, he's like, so picture this kid, like a bigger kid with no teeth and no sleeves on his shirt and muscular and tall and, and, and kind of crazy. He just goes nuts, right? And just runs after this rabbit, ah, waving his hands in the air, trying to catch him. The rabbit takes off and now Ben is over 35,001 or whatever, right? So it's just funny just watching him try to chase that rabbit and catch it. And me thinking about sometimes how people do their marketing and they try to do their sales. Uh, they, they wait till somebody's kind of within eyesight and they're kind of within pouncing distance and they sprint after them and they chase them and they, they try to capture them or back them into a corner and, or maybe try to trick them or, or whatever to try to sell them their stuff. Even if they don't want to, even if they don't want, uh, what you're selling them or trying to give them in Ben's head, that rabbit's life is better off in Ben's arms. Like if he can capture that rabbit, he can take better care of it and it'll live a better life with him than it would in the bushes. And we think that sometimes about ourselves as well. Well, if they would just work with me, they would know how amazing I am and how incredible my stuff is and how life-changing it'll be and how much better the future will be than the past. But ultimately we haven't done it in the right way. We haven't attracted them, uh, brought them into our world and wanting them to do business with us. So in rabbit land and my house, chasing doesn't work. We've made that very clear. Uh, it's very, very, very unsuccessful. Actually, it's never, like literally never happened. I've got three kids that have grown up around, there's probably been tens of thousands of rabbits that have come and gone through our little ecosystem here in Colorado Springs. And my kids have literally never caught one uh, by chasing it like a maniac, right? Yelling and waving their arms frantically. It just doesn't work. But they have, uh, I don't want to say caught, but they have encountered rabbits twice that I can think of. And here's the problem with that. Number one, the first time was on our back patio and it got behind an outdoor storage box and it kind of got stuck. And my kids might or might not have blocked off one of the areas, uh, one of the possible exits. Now there's only one possible exit and the rabbit was really afraid. And somehow it came out and somehow my kids grabbed it and they petted it for a little bit and they oohed and odd and they took photos and they let it go. And the rabbit was probably incredibly freaked out. Uh, me as a dad made my kids go wash their hands immediately and you, know, you never know what rat neighborhood rabbits have going uh, on in their, in their little bodies. Um, so anyways, that was one, they, they didn't, they, I mean, they kind of tricked it and they blocked it in and they cornered it and then they could grab it and touch it, but ultimately let it go. Anyways, uh, the second one happened, uh, I think last week, two weeks ago, I was out of town at an event and, uh, we got back or, uh, maybe I was at work. I don't know. I was not in the house and a rabbit had also gotten caught in our garage. So it was backed into a corner, kind of freaked out, lost its bearings, had heard in the neighborhood there's a huge black greyhound that prowls uh, and lurks in that garage and in that house. So it was freaked out and stuck in our garage. And somehow, same thing. It kind of got caught behind the trash can. The kids grabbed it. They petted it. It was the worst day in the life of the rabbits, but the best day in the life of my kids. And same thing. Let the rabbit go. Uh, take, you know, take some photos, let it go, and then wash your hands, right? Like That's their ritual. So it's happened twice, but they've cornered it. Same thing with our marketing. I have known some people who were able to trick people or convince them or back them into a corner and kind of force them to work with work with you, but you end up regretting it. Like, I didn't mean to buy that thing. The salesperson was really convincing. Um, it sounded like it was going to be something that it's not. They promised me they would take good care of me and they didn't um, or whatever. And so that's the second way you can work with people. So chasing doesn't really work. 
in, in business either. I mean, it, the problem with chasing in your business is that the customer is the prize. And when you flip that whole dynamic on its head and you become the prize and you put up things like an application process, like right now I have an application process for people to work with me in Red Anchor Marketing on the agency, um, it makes you the prize. It makes your business the prize or your product the prize that they're going after and saying things like, well, I hope that I had a client once, uh, he asked how I did work with people. I said, well, I'm very selective. And he said, well, I hope you choose me. And so then they bring their A game to the table to just hope that I choose them to accept them to work with me so they can give me money so I can serve them. If that, does that make sense? It's a very different prospect than me chasing them, trying to convince them or trick them or corner them that they need to work with me, that they need my stuff. I need them to come to that realization. And then that, that the solution I provide is the perfect thing that their business needs in that moment. If they don't come to that, that conclusion, no problem. I'm for sure not going to chase you. I'm also never going to trick you. Um, I don't mean this isn't about me. I'm just saying in you and your business, you know, evaluate what you're doing. Are you chasing people? Are you tricking people? Are you cornering people um, in your business? And there's actually um, a better way that you can get people to your business. And I'll talk about that next. So if we chase and it doesn't work, it leaves us kind of sad. Uh, and if we trick people and it does work with air quotes and then they give us money, the customer ends up being sad or the bunny in this example, um, they, they end up being sad. So there's a better way. And that is to attract people to your business, whether you have a brick and mortar business, a thought leadership business, a authoring business, a speaking business to attract people to your business. And there's infinite ways to do that. And uh, part of it could be, for example, creating content like this, like making a podcast and creating some leadership content via a blog or YouTube channel or speaking or whatever that is where people can be attracted to you. They start to get to know who you are and they want to work with you. Second way is to have a great reputation, like to get great results and obsess over results for your clients. And then people say nice things about you. And then you get a great reputation. You get these transformation stories that people get excited about and then they're going to want to work with you as well. The, uh, the third is to be nice and be grateful. And all these things I'm talking about on here, like Nobody wants to work with people who are not grateful or petty or mean or rude or, or whatever. It's not helpful, uh, like we talked about in the last episode. So those are the three things that can happen in, uh, in your business. You can like imagine with my kids, if they could find a way to make bunnies want to jump into their laps and be petted for a while, that'd be amazing. My kids would love to do that. And so what can you do in your business to create this environment where people can come in and be really comfortable with what you're offering them, how you function, how you work, how you think, how you talk, the results you can provide, what they, what their belief starts to become about how you can help them, then they ask to work with you. Like, will you please take me on as a client? Will you please let me buy stuff from you? I hope that I qualify to be able to work with you. And then you get to pick with who you want to work with and it gets better over time and you can be more selective. I got a message today on Facebook from a, a friend of mine and a fan of the show. If you're listening, you know who you are. And this guy said that uh, he had been working with a difficult client and it didn't end well. And it kind of bummed him out. And he realized how much he could have spent that time with that not working out, um, getting other clients. And that's a really important, really important message and, and desire you know, in, in our business is to create the environment where we get to work with who we want to work with by how we live and how we think and talk and lead and speak and things like that. Okay. So three ways to sell stuff is you can uh, chase. <laughs> Don't do that. You can trick, which is even worse, or you can attract people in your business where via the environment you make, they can feel safe and they want to buy. And then you get to work with really selective desire, you know, desirous clients, people that want to get a result. They want to work with you. And it becomes incredible when you flip the whole paradigm on its head. 
I'll end with this story here. My parents, um, as I have been mentioning on social media a little bit, are considering moving to Colorado Springs. And it's a big deal. My dad's retiring. He's been a, uh, in police force. He's been a, a, a cop for like 30 years, 35 years, something like that. And he's nearing retirement. He's about retirement age here in the U.S. And uh, he's going to retire soon. They've always wanted to come to Colorado. It looks like it's going to work out. So they're in town this week looking at houses, talking with real estate agents, one uh, buyer's agent, which is their agent, and then a bunch of listing agents at new homes. Um, there's a lot of new construction happening here in Colorado Springs. So there's lots of neighborhoods and communities and builders that want my parents to buy a house from them. It's just been really funny for me to be in those sales meetings and sales offices. There's some people that they try to win you over by trashing other neighborhoods, talking bad about other options that you have. Uh, don't buy in that neighborhood. It's not very good. Or there's all these problems with it. Or the taxes are higher. Or even some of the things they they weren't even true. And then trying to like convince or chase. I don't feel like they were ever trying to be tricked. Like I don't think that really exists in real estate, especially not in Colorado Springs. Um, and I'm sure it's out there for sure. But it made me think if my parents were like, I don't really like this house or this lot or this neighborhood or this, the way this is situated or the way those neighbors' houses look or feel on in the area, it doesn't serve anybody to try to trick them or convince them like, no, 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 that's, the lot's great. The neighborhood is awesome and the, your neighbors are fantastic. And that broken down car in the driveway is super cool. And like, and just try to trick or, you know, not bait and switch, but like try to gloss over uh, some of the things on a house. Does that make sense? You don't want, I remember that I was going to buy a car uh, before I bought my last car, like two cars ago. Uh, and it was the model I wanted and the inside looked great. And the outside was an electric blue color, which if you love electric blue cars, awesome, more power to you. I didn't, I really wanted a silver or red or black or something like that. And I told the sales guy, I said, I really don't like the exterior color. And he didn't skip a beat. And he said, well, good thing you'll be inside the car driving it. And he kind of laughed and like high-fived his buddies. I was like, man, oh, no thanks. Like you can't chase me enough and trick me into thinking that electric blue is the hottest new color. I didn't like the color. I didn't want the car, but he tried to shape it and frame it in a way instead of creating an environment saying, hey, no problem. There's lots of cars out there. Why you want to work with me as a salesperson or us as a dealership is because of these other reasons. And then they create an environment where I'm comfortable buying something from them. And so just watching how people try to sell houses these days, and most of them are great. It's been a great experience. The neighborhoods are great. Some salespeople aren't helpful. They're more standoffish. I guess that's the fourth way you could maybe try to attract clients is if you ignore them. Like we've seen some kind of rude people. I'm like, aren't you trying to help like sell houses and make a commission? I guess not because you weren't super helpful. And then some are really helpful. They go out of their way to make you feel amazing. And then their realtor, is a, he's been a friend of mine for a long time. He sold us our house or a couple houses and listed a couple houses. He's just a great dude has been taking care of my parents and I, I just really trust this guy and they keep coming back after every time they're hanging out with them saying this, this, this guy, Dan is amazing. He's been so incredible. He's not pressuring us into doing something we don't want to do. And that's exactly what I think we need to do to say, Hey, I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you. I've created this like environment. Imagine this like big backyard you can play in. And I don't really care which, where you go in the backyard, the, let's say the backyard or the boundaries that is like working with you. Now, how you want to work with me is great. Um, there's no fences keeping you in. If you don't want to work with me anymore and doesn't serve your purpose anymore, you're free to move. Um, but while you're here, I've made this thing for you and I can get you this kind of result and bring you this amazing stuff via the vehicle of my business and the products and services I've made to serve you. No chasing, no tricking, just attracting, creating a great environment where they're super comfortable, ready to do business with you and asking to do business with you. And that is how you sell 
stuff. Got it? All right. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode.